Well, guys, this morning uh, we've got the opportunity. We come together, and and I don't know if I'm the only one. I, if if you haven't done this, just raise your hand, anyways. But has anyone else already broken their New Year's resolution? <laughs> Amanda sent me a meme or something this morning that said, you know, shout out to everybody who's. Uh, whose New Year's resolution was to start on Monday. So, and we literally had that talk yesterday. So it just snuck up on me. It was one of those things, I'm like, I'm going to start eating better. I'm going to do all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you realize it's like, whoa, 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 that's today? <laughs> oh, no, man. I need to wait a minute. Resolution means to, to make a strong commitment to do or not do a thing. And in and, and, and any time, right, there's a, there's a new season. Like, I think that's why it's so attractive because, because we all long to, to be made new, right? We long to have something new. We long to be changed. We long to be transformed. And, and that's why from a marketing perspective, it's genius to kind of mark the new year and go, like, hey, now it's time to buy a, a, a new calendar. It's time to buy a new, new planner. And, and my wife's glaring at me right now. But it's time to start a new diet. It's time to start all this new stuff. It's time to, to get new hobbies. And, and finally, I'm going to get this new job, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm definitely going to start working out this year. <sighs> but the truth is, is something within us does long for, for newness. It, it longs not to, be, not to be unclothed, but to be further clothed is what Paul talks about. And so there's this... There's this desire that's innate within us that we long for, for something new, to commit to something and to be faithful to it, to, to see it shape us and transform us. And, and it begs the question as a believer, what is a worthy resolution? What is a, is a resolution that, that would actually be worth our time and our energy and our efforts? And if you think I'm just going to tell you today, you got to read your Bible every day and pray, then you're wrong. <laughs> Although that would be a good thing, I think the truth of the matter is, is we've got we've to look further and deeper than just some set of activities, right? I'm not saying habits or, or, or doing the same thing consistently won't develop change. Of course, that's true. But, but what is something we can resolve, make strong commitment to in our life this year, in 2022, that's actually going to make a difference? And is actually something that if we stick to will produce real change and transformation in our life. Because like, you know, most of us already messed up the first two days, but they say the average New Year's resolution lasts 12 days. A little shy of two weeks, you'll have massive change and then it's right back to normal. But the truth is, is, is that when we commit to something, when we resolve something in our souls, when we, when we commit to be transformed to something that's centered in Christ alone, it can last far more than 12 days. And it can affect real transformation in our life, no matter if you've been following Jesus for a little while or a long while. You have, we have an opportunity right now this year to resolve ourselves in us, to, to commit ourselves to something that is actually transformative, that is actually worthy of our time and energy. And again, I'm not saying eating right isn't good, but that can wait till Monday. We got to do this today. 
So I want to read to you from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 10, and let's explore what the scripture says about being transformed. For this, I believe, is a worthy resolution. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and virtue knowledge, and knowledge self-control, and self-control perseverance, and perseverance, godliness, and godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we recognize that in this moment, we desperately need you. God, we're, we're aware that, that without your divine ear, that your divine speech to come and, and, and make this transfer happen, God, this is just a bunch of nothing. But with you, God, miracles can happen. That somehow you can use my voice to affect change in our life, not through man's ideas, but through the inspiration of your word. So come and do what only you can do now. Would you inspire the preaching of your word in such a way as to transform us and shape us and make us more like Jesus? We'd be grateful for that today. And we trust you for it, so much so that we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. So grace and peace is multiplied in the knowledge of Jesus. I want to be really quick here. Grace is the power and the presence of God that enables you to do what you've been called to do and be everything you've been called to be. Peace might not have been this year, but we all know what peace is, right? So grace and peace gets multiplied when we experience the knowledge of Jesus. Now, that's a really quick kind of grace and peace multiplied to you in the name of Jesus. But, like, think about that. The more we spend our efforts, our time, and our energy in 2022 pursuing the knowledge of Jesus, understanding who he is and what he's like, recognizing his word and exploring it, letting it get into us, then all of a sudden, grace, his empowering presence, and peace, something that invaded everyone, can be available to you in your life right here and right now. If you want to experience God's power in your life and you want to experience God's peace in your life, it's all about Jesus. And so the more we press toward that, the more we explore it, the more we, we let it wash over us. And some of you are going, I've read my Bible front to back uh, you know, a million times. And I'm saying, just do it again. 
but do it with an eye to see. God, help me see you. Help me hear you. Help me experience you. I know there's more. I know that's greater. Why? Because he's unfathomable, like the apostle Paul says. That means if you drop the rope, there's no end to where he can be. There's no depth that we can't go. He is all we've ever needed, and he's more. And so as we dive into this year, it needs to be a year where we commit to pursuing the, the knowledge of Jesus. I want to know what he looked like. I want to know what he sounds like. I want to know what he smelled like. Because the more I draw near to him, the more his power and his peace moves in and through my life. You might be caught up in the middle of something right now, worried about, man, what's my job going to do? What am I going to do here? How's this all going to work? How's this? And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm less worried about what's going to happen out here, and I'm more worried about you pursuing the knowledge of Jesus, because when you do that, everything out here starts to change. When you start to experience him and, and touch him and, and, and feel him and, and walk with him and know him, there's no end to what could happen next. But the more we walk in our flesh and we walk in our ways and we walk in our, well, it's got to do this and I got to do this. I got to climb the corporate ladder. I got to go here. I got to go there. I got to figure that out. Then I'm just telling you, this year is going to be no different. It's going to be no different for you. If, if you think, man, I'm starting this year out and my, my ambitions and my goals are to pursue the knowledge of, of being rich, you will be empty. If you want to know what I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to be powerful this year, you will be weak. But if you want to pursue the knowledge of Jesus this year, the power of God and the peace of God will, will resonate and embody your life. And I'm saying, I want some of that. It's just the first line. See, his power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everybody say all. all. Like, I don't feel like everybody said it. <laughs> it was out of this section. I didn't hear it from y'all. But the truth is, is he's given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Now, some of us kind of put Jesus in a box and we go, hey, I love the Lord. I love church. I love going on Sunday. But if I talk about Jesus in my workplace, you, don't, you just don't understand. I'm not talking about talking about Jesus in your workplace. I'm talking about being Jesus in your workplace. And, and, and that means you've got to start changing something because he's giving you everything you need for, for life, which is like your job and your home and like everywhere outside and godliness. And somewhere along the way, I just got to say it today, we've lost sight of the fact, you know, it's like we don't want to be legalistic about stuff. We don't, we don't want to have everybody just cut, puckered up. <laughs> but you know, godliness is about like keeping commandments and stuff. Like, like, that's not like out the window just because we have grace, obviously. But, but, but the truth is, is we got to go, hey, if we want to be godly, we've got to know the commands. We've got to know the ways of God. We've got to understand why he, he told us not to do this and why to do this. Why this is better than this. Why, you know, it's, it's a good thing. It's like, you know, yes, you're not bound by the law, but it's like good not to kill each other. It's like three people are like, What? It's smart to, like, honor your father and mother. Jesus didn't come to abolish it. He came to fulfill it. 
So the more you have knowledge of him, the more you're going to understand his ways and you're going to walk in them. And so if you're wondering how, you know, I'm not saying this year you got to put a bunch of rules on your life. I'm saying the more you draw near to Jesus, the more you'll start understanding that his ways draw you into a, a life that he designed. And it's like, it's like meeting the guy who made the guitar. I'm way over my head already. I don't understand guitars. But, but him going, hey, this is, I don't, who's, this is Dustin's. I won't pick it up. It's, it looks fancy. But the truth is, is you go, man, if you met the guy who made the guitar and he gave you tips and tricks on how to play it, you'd feel like you had an inside track on things, right? But if, but if I'm over here and I take this guitar and I try to use it as a, as a, as a mop, it's not going to work right. It, it's not going to be effective. It's not going to change. It's not going to do what I want it to do, and it's not going to do what it was made to do. And so the truth is, is we have been given an inside track by the maker about how to play, about the secret notes, about, about how to function. That's the commands. That's the, the life of godliness. So, so everything we need for life, I don't care if you're a, a mom, a banker, a plumber, electrician, or a pastor, everything you need for your life is in him. And everything you need to be Christ in your life, to, to live a godly life is available to you. It is not a mystery. He's not hidden in a, behind the cloud somewhere. It's right here. But our ambition, our resolution ought to be to find it, to explore it, to let it get, up, get inside of us and start to, to, start to exude through us. So we have to decide what are we going to value, what are we going to go for, what are we going to work towards? Because he then goes on and he says, I want you to add. Now, I want you to understand something about this term add. He's given you everything you need for life and godliness. So he goes on and says, so add to, and, and, and when they were talking about this word add, you know, there's times in life that we need to be frugal. There's times in life that we need to make wise choices, that we need to put off our, our, our carnal desire for, for future reward. So we need to, to give. We need to, we need to be generous. We need to do all those things. Let me just erase that idea from your head for a minute when we're talking about this word. This word means that we need to, to, to it's, it, it's used kind of in this old world language about adding to the municipal choirs to, 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 to go out and recruit the very best. This is a time-intensive and expensive process. This is no time for, for frugality. We need to spend our all on it. So it's saying that when you go after this, this isn't a time that we need to be a little bit. This isn't something that when, when we resolve to, to pursue this kind of life, that we need to be, be kind of withheld or reserved, that we need to be modest or meek. This is like, hey, add to that. Spend everything you have, all your energy, all your time, all your effort, get everything involved to make sure you get a hold of this. That's a different kind of ad. And so he's not suggesting, hey, this is kind of a maybe if you want to. Try this out. This is a sell the farm and buy it. Everything you've got put towards getting this on your life. Why? But we'll talk about it in a minute. You've got to be patient. <laughs> but he's saying add. So what do we do? He says, with all diligence, 
Diligence meaning persistence, intentionality. Again, this infers a cost. We're not to approach this with passivity, but with diligence we're supposed to now add. So, 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 so not, not with lazy minds, but with an intentional, purposeful, I'm going to do this. He's saying now do this. Add to faith. Because you've got faith, right, if you're, if you're pursuing this. Add to faith virtue. Virtue is, is this, this purposeful thing that when we, when we get intentional, when we get, when we get purposeful about what God's called us to do, the first thing we add to our faith is virtue. Virtue is also known as goodness. Goodness is a word meaning energetic moral excellence. It's not simply of absence of bad habits, a life full of things that, 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 that one does not do, but it's a positive, vigorous pursuit of what is morally right and helpful in all relationships. So, so when we talk about this first edition, when we, when we say, hey, in 2022, my resolution is that I am going to, to add to my faith virtue, it's not saying, let's add a bunch of things you can't do. It's not saying, hey, you've got to start adding a bunch of, you know, cut this and cut this and take this. Now, some of us might need to cut some things. You know, I'm not suggesting that we're all, you know, we're, you know, it's okay. <laughs> but what I am saying is that what's more important than what you cannot do is what you can. You need to add, I need to add virtuous living to my life. This, this idea of an energetic after a week like last week, I got, I got energy, right? Like I told Amanda, I don't think I've done anything in a week. Finally, yesterday, I said, this isn't, it's, it's, rich, it's, it's enough. I'm ready to do something. Like, but, but all of a sudden you go, I want to have energetic. I want to be, be energetic about, about moral excellence, not because God is going to love you more if you start living different, but because God loves you so much, because he loves me so much, I can pursue virtue, goodness, energetic, moral excellence in my life because it's like the, the king of the universe, the guitar maker, teaching me how to play. Saying, hey, you want to know how to live your best life? You want to know how to get the, the most out of this life you've been made for? Let me tell you how I created you. Let me tell you about how your soul is wired. When you pursue energetic moral excellence, goodness, virtue, you will start to walk in an alignment. You will start to walk in the ways that I made you, and it will transform your life, not to where you can be haughty-toddy and you know, look down on all the sinners, but so where you can walk around free of shame, guilt, fear, worry, anxiety, right? Like how many of us, if, if, if <laughs> this might be a bad Q&A time, but how many of us, our life would be different if we didn't have any shame? You know why we have the shame? It's because there's sin. If you had no sin, there would be no shame. And, and I'm not saying that, that 
you're not free from it. But I'm saying that Jesus didn't, didn't say, do as I did, be like me, that you'll do greater things than I, and, and, and set that out there as some impossible task that we'll never achieve. He said, hey, I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. That means the closer you walk to me, the more you walk in my, my will and my ways, the more you pursue me, the more you walk in the commandments, the more you play the way I designed you to be played, the more close to me you'll be and the more shame will have no grip over you. It can't grip you if it can't grip you. The reason that I walk in shame, I'll just put it on me, is days that I, I, I miss the mark. And I go, golly, that was so stupid. Now, the enemy likes to yoke it on a little longer, but, but if he can't touch you with it, he can't touch you. So life and godliness, it starts with adding virtue, relentlessly pursuing it, selling everything you have to buy it. Pursuing virtue is a worthy revela uh, revelation, revel resolution. Words are hard. So then it says, add to virtue, knowledge. You see, knowledge meant here is, is discernment and discretion, wise practices in daily life of, of what one has learned of God's will. An athlete may know the rules of a sport, but effective play requires a knowing how to handle and move the ball in the midst of the game it's, itself. They call it like a sports IQ. It's different to, I, I can tell you how to play football, but if you put me on the field of the Titans game this afternoon, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> it's not that I don't know what to do. I just don't have real-time speed game IQ of how to do it in that experience. I, 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 could, I could wreck shop. I could Derek Henry the Pee Wee Football League down here in Fairview. I will own them. <laughs> but I, I don't know how to play at the level, right? The question is, what level are you getting put in at? You see, if you don't have knowledge about the speed, the pace, the, the strength of play, if you're not aware of how to operate inside the context of the world you're living in, then all of a sudden, you're going to be thinking you're playing peewee football in the big leagues with the big boys, and it's going to run over your life. So add to virtue knowledge. We've been so committed to, to feelings. We've been so committed to, to experience. We've lost sight of the fact that, that adding knowledge to your life is not a bad thing. It, it's actually a good thing to, to study to get in this book, to understand what it says, to, 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 to try to comprehend what it means, to, to let it wash over you in such a way that when you experience life and you experience the world around you, that you know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, that you know how to appropriately apply the truth to any given situation so that when you run up against somebody that's bigger, stronger, or, or more powerful than you, you don't let it beat you. You see, because we have an opportunity to add virtue and to knowledge. And then knowledge, self-control. The mastery of self must be accompanied by perseverance. In order for us to, to be self-controlled, we have to know ourselves 
And we have to know where our limits are. Beloved, you need to know your limits. And then you can choose to go or not go there. But if you're one who struggles with with drinking coffee and you're constantly going to the coffee shop, it's not a you're not transformed thing. It's a get a new place to hang out thing. So we have to be aware of our own limitations. We have to be aware of our own wirings. And and the truth is, is, is we're not all wired the same. We are different. We do have different personalities, different whatever. But the bottom line is we've got to know. It's not that you've got to know everybody else. You've got to know you. You've got to be comfortable about the fact that it's like, hey, I know what, what's, what's good. I know what's bad. I know where I, 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 where I can walk in godliness and virtue. And I know the things that kind of pull me away from that. I know my tendencies and I know my, and the more I can become aware of that, I'm not saying spend all your time there, like this is where the majority of your time needs to be, but like you got to know yourself a bit because the more you know yourself, the more you can walk in self-control and that's like a gift of the spirit, by the way, so the more that we can implore that and explore it, the more he can empower it in our life. And so we've got to go, hey, I've, I, need to, I need to add to, to knowledge a, a self-control. Professor and former pastor David Siemens expresses this aspect of hardworking virtue. He says, I'm intrigued by the words of Jesus. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. He doesn't say lest you enter into sin. That's always fascinated me. I suspect he chose his words carefully because he knew that some temptations, including sexual attraction, are so powerful that after a certain point, the will gives in to the urge. We're to watch and pray lest we allow the the toboggan to get too close to the edge of the hill because once it starts down, it's almost impossible to stop. You see, self-control is understanding where the edge is. And, and, and it's not about, let's build so many laws around it, blah, blah, blah. But it's about going, hey, I have an awareness of where that is. You know, this one's got the wood. And when I first, you know, got the glasses on, I almost fell off. But, but the more I understand where the edges are in my life, the more I can operate in freedom. The more I can operate in, in, in a freedom to know, hey, that right there, me jumping off here, me, me turning, like, that's not going to be good for me. So I back off and I don't live on the edge. I live where I, I walk in, 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 in freedom and in, in a place of, of self-control. And then I add to self-control perseverance. Perseverance is a far-sighted endurance, keeping on in spite of tough uh, goings because you believe in God's future because you want to be ultimately accountable and because you expect the ultimate reward of God's warm praise. You see, being able to pursue perseverance means that I'm recognizing, you know, you don't have to persevere when it's easy. You don't have to persevere when it's comfortable. I I don't use words like, man, went on vacation with my wife, just us, and we persevered. <laughs> it's not, it just doesn't have a good ring to it. 
See, we persevere when things are difficult, when times are hard, when, when things are opposing. Like Nehemiah persevered, right? And so we've got to go, hey, there's going to be times in this life, in this year, where we're going to have to look opposition in the eye, we're going to have to look resistance in the eye, and we're going to have to persevere toward godliness, toward, toward virtue, toward, toward uh, knowledge, self-control. We're going to have to persevere through this in the tough times. And that's not something we need to be light with. It's something that we need to be intentional about. So we add to perseverance, godliness. This is our alert awareness that God rightfully exercises active sovereignty over every aspect of life. It is a, it is a constant awareness that he is God and I am me. That he is that he is the creator and I am the creator, created. That, that, that I am not the, the all-knowing one, but he is. That I'm not the all-powerful one, but he is. And so when I find myself wanting to take it upon my own shoulders, wanting to figure it out on my own, wanting to get it done on my own, that I recognize that is not the yoke he gave me. But godliness is the awareness that he carries the weight. And so when we get the, the chance to start pursuing it, to start, to start grabbing for it, it, it means that, that we don't, I don't need to, to add weight to my, to my rucksack, so to speak. I need to figure out how to walk in his ways in such a way as to constantly offload to him. God, I'm, I'm hurt by this. I'm giving that to you. God, I'm offended by this. I'm giving that to you. God, I'm, I'm scared about this. I'm giving that to you. God, I'm, I'm worried about this. I'm giving that to you. That is the essence of godliness. Amen. To walk in such a way as to commit everything and lay it at his feet and allow him to direct your steps. And when you win, you give it to him. When you lose, you give it to him. And, and we have to recognize that this is not something that we, that we do passively, but again, intentionally, purposefully, with everything we have, we pursue this kind of life. From godliness to brotherly kindness. This is a commitment to a personal relationships, of concerns for, for time with fellow believers. It's the Christian's practical and positive behavior towards one another in the body of Christ and the household of faith. You see, we have an opportunity this year to go, hey, I'm, I'm not just going to commit to attending church. I'm not just going to commit to, 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 to participating at church, but I get to commit to a life where I am intentionally and purposefully adding to my life relationships of faith. I'm committing to, to a different level, to a higher level, to a deeper level of walking in intentional relationships with the body of Christ because in those relationships, I find life. And some of you might be introverts and you're going, nope, you're wrong about that, pastor. I will be 
torn apart. And I'm just saying, not in the kingdom. Relationships in the kingdom of God are different. Because if I come to you and I'm full, if I've got my, my everything I need for life and godliness in Christ Jesus, then that means I'm coming to a relationship with you without needing anything from you. And what if you did the same? What if we walked in such relationship that I was totally full and you were totally full, and so we don't need anything for each other, but we're constantly pushing each other toward the person of Christ to imitate him and to become like him, to, to, to read together, to study together, to, to walk together, to, to bear burdens together, to offload burdens to him together, and, and all we get to do is walk in that way. That's a fundamentally different kind of relationship than most of experience. We, we all have, have had those relationships where you go, and don't say the person's name out loud, they might be near you, but where you know the conversation that you're going to have when you see them is just some reason that they're going to need something else from you. You didn't do this right. You, you could have done this better. It could have been this. The bottom line is it's like that's not what relationships in the kingdom are supposed to be. I'm supposed to be at getting everything I need from him. And you do the same, and then we get to walk in a different kind of freedom. We get to walk in a different kind of brotherly kindness. And from brotherly kindness, we add to that. The final add is love. This is the crowning virtue. This is love not evoked by some qualification. You don't have to do anything to earn it. But like God... And his saving love toward us, it originates in, in a sacrificial desire for the good of other people, whether directed toward a difficult Christian brother or sister, or the unconverted, or the incapable of returning to such love at all. We are being recreated in the image of the one who has loved us with the exact kind of love, and therefore we must give as we have received from him. Beloved, as we pursue this life, as we pursue the things God has, has entrusted to us, as we, as we add to our, our, our faith all of these things, learning how to love this year would be a worthy resolution. Learning how to, to lay our life down for each other learning how to lay our, our, our desires down for each other, Laying how, learning how to, to love each other is, is something different. And, and maybe we've, we've done a little bit of this before, but all I'm saying is let's keep going. Or maybe this sounds completely radical to you and you're like, no, I just want to focus on, I want to try CrossFit. It's like, great, but... What is the outcome? Verses 8 through 10 is our New Year's promise. There's four things that it says will happen in our life if we pursue this. If, if, we, if we commit our life to this in 2022, regardless of where you work, regardless of the career path you're on, regardless of, of what's happening around you, regardless of what's happening in our government, regardless of any circumstances that are out there, what the promise from God that we read from his word is that if you commit to these things, 
Number one, you will not be barren or unfruitful. Number two, you won't be short-sighted or blind. Number three, it says you won't fall into old habits. And number four, it says you will never stumble. Beloved, I don't know what, what you need this year, but that sounds pretty good to me. I don't know what you're, what you're longing for, what your hopes are. I'm not sure what your big dream is, but, but to not be barren or unfruitful is something that we go, God, we need that. Why? Because the sum total of your life isn't your bank account. The, 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 the glaring, glowing, great markers of your life aren't conditional upon what you accomplish in the workplace. It's about how are we going to love God and love people and make disciples. And if I want to be fruitful and I want to be not barren, if I want to give life to things, then that means I've got to pursue this. I'm not going to be, how many people walk into a room and go, man, you know what? I'd like to have some blinders on here. <laughs> I'd like to just not really see or have, have an idea what's really going on. I, I just, I want to stay right here. I think the number is probably higher than we think it is. But, but I'm telling you, I don't want to be short-sighted or blind. I want to have eyes to see what is going on. Not, not what I think is going on, but I want to know what's actually going on in a given situation. I don't want to be blind to it. I don't want to be aloof. I don't want to be that guy who's just you know, walking around. And he has no idea that he's you know, hanging off the side of a cliff. I want to see and I want to see clearly. I don't know, some of you might not have as many old habits as I do. <laughs> but I don't want to fall into old habits. I don't want to fall into things. When God has given me revolution, I keep saying this, revolution? Revelation to, to bring awareness to something. He's freed me from it. He's given me, given me uh, 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 victory in it. He's given me healing in it. I don't want to be the guy who just runs back to it because I don't know where else to go. You see, but when we pursue these things, we won't fall into our old habits and behaviors. Because why? Because so much of our, of our, of our modern cultural vision is not vision at all. It's just facade, it's smoke, it's mirrors, it's, it's, it's the illusion of success with no real success. And, and so the truth is, is we got to go, hey, if I want to have a, a life where, where I can continue to walk forward, this is, this is my past and this is my future. I'm walking toward Christ and toward the kingdom and the kingdom is, is washing over me like that song said, the kingdom is coming in then I don't want to be the guy who gets, gets 10 steps forward and then runs 10 steps back. And my whole life is just a treadmill of behavioral adjustments. I want to be free. And so when we move toward this, when we pursue this, when we, when we recognize that we add to our faith all of these things, we walk into freedom. And then finally, he says, you will never stumble. And immediately, when I hear that, when I read that, I, I get a little bit, ooh, that feels unattainable. What he's talking about here in this word is, is, is stumble in the sense that think, think marching with an army. 
to, to stumble in this sense isn't to trip over a rock. It is to fall out of formation in such a way as to leave the body. Stumble here is a different kind of word. It, 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 Peter's, Peter's saying he's never going to stumble. you got a picture in your mind, this army on a march, and, and these practicing qualities of five through seven make us able to keep up with the troops. It's not to fall out of rank or ever be left behind. The promise is, is that when we pursue these things, we won't lose the group. We won't lose the body. We won't fall away. Because I don't know if you're paying attention, but lots of things are happening inside the church in our modern culture that are making people go, you know what? I'm done. Sin in the church is creating an environment where all of a sudden people are going, I'm over it. Beloved, let me be clear about something. We are all people, but... The church is responsible to model life and godliness. We have to show people what it looks like to, to own it, to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm broken over it and I'm done with it and, and I'm repenting of it. And in that place, we can go, yeah, well, we're all broken. But people, when we let the church get, get absorbed with this, that's when people stumble. And you watch them, all of a sudden they go, you know what? I knew that church life wasn't for me. And I say to that, God forbid. We need the body of Christ. Look to your left, look to your right. You need the body of Christ. It's not because we need to all sit in a room and hear a sermon every Sunday. It's because all of this together is the way we were designed to live. And when you fall out of rank and you fall off to the side and you get lost in, in your frustration and your wounding and your anger and your resentment and your, and your flesh, you miss out on life and godliness. You were never meant to do this alone. And so, beloved, it's not about, about people you just going, hey, you got to land here. You just got to land somewhere. Because the truth of the matter is, is when you fall out of rank, that's what stumble means. And so we've got to go, hey, if we want to stay the course, if we want to experience everything God has for my life and godliness with him, and those aren't mutually exclusive, then I need to add to my faith every bit of this. I need to set my eyes not on where I have been, not on, on what my frustrations are, not on what's, what scares me, not on what's, what's worrying me, not on what's uh, ahead of me, not on what's, what's, what's a possible before me, but, but what does God want from me right here and right now? Because when I pursue it, I won't be barren or unfruitful. I won't be short-sighted or blind. I won't fall into hold habits and I will never stumble. We don't need to be deceived. We have a solution to our heart's deepest desire, and it is to press toward the king. This is the pathway to a new me, to a new life, a real life, and a life more abundant. Amen, somebody? Amen.
Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. We thank you for these moments we share. We thank you for you loving us so much that you gave us Jesus. And it's in his power, in his presence, it's, it's God, because of him that we stand before you as a, as a body that says, Lord, help us to pursue you more in 2022 than we ever have before. Because as we experience you and as we, as we grow in you, that God, all of a sudden, anything becomes possible. So Lord, would you, would you transform our lives by giving us vision and courage and diligence to do these things, to add these things to our life in such a way, God, that we all can see, that we all get to leave our habits behind, that we all get to walk forward without stumbling together, Lord, that we all would experience everything you have for our life and more. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you guys big time. I can't wait to see you back next week.